welcome to the Rolling Scotland podcast. So let me tell you what a struggle it was to record the Archibald Hall podcast in the last episode. I was hoping to get uh, this podcast up and running at the start of March and that totally didn't happen. Obviously we are in April now and we're just getting the first couple episodes out. That was all down to the fact that I had a really bad Chromebook laptop. It was horrendous. It kept deleting all my audio. I think I recorded it three times and three times my audio was deleted. Three times I had it edited and it was deleted. And then the fourth time I finally managed to record it and the little intro section as well by the good graces of my brother lending me his laptop. So I've went out, I've sourced a new laptop. Thank God we are on a roll now. We are recording and the audio sounds good. It sounds so much better as well than Archibald Hall episodes um, just because it was so rushed recorded and if I sound a bit lack of em- emphasism, uh, no, I, that's not the right word, but you guys know what I mean. I, I, had or- I had recorded that four times by the time that I finally managed to record it. So when you're repeating the same thing over and over and over again, Oh my god, it was so draining. It was not enjoyable at all. I was like, why am I doing this? Maybe I should stop doing this. But finally, we've managed to get some decent audio equipment and um, a good laptop to be able to record on. So happy days for all of us. We're going to be going forward so much, so much better. So to what we're here to hear, everybody, we are going to talk about Margaret Dixon today who is also known as Maggie Dixon. We'll call her Maggie throughout this episode. She also unfortunately got labelled the nickname of Half Hang It Maggie, which you will understand throughout the story. But also, how cool is it to say Half Hang It Maggie? I can't even say it now. Half Hang It Maggie. That's cool. It's a bit of a tongue twister. Half Hang It Maggie. Dare you to say it three times super fast. Just saying. So, back to the story. She was born in 1702. She was a fishwife. Her husband was a fisherman and worked away most of the time on fishing boats, sometimes for months on end. She would sell fish at the local market in Musselburgh, where they lived. Most of the time, Maggie and her two children were starving. They would only have money when he came home from the fishing boats, where she would then go to the market and sell the fish. And then after that, if he was away for a long time or didn't get a very good catch and had to go away again, they would have no money. They would have absolutely no money. They would have nothing to buy any form of like coal or wood for heating as well. So in winter, trust me, Scotland is horrendous in winter. I would absolutely hate to live back then and have to go through those winters where people were basically starving and freezing to death. Absolutely crazy. But this is Maggie's life. This is this is how she lived. So they wouldn't have a lot of money. Her solution to this while her husband was away was to sell her body. She became a prostitute. It was said by many people, rumours, that she really enjoyed this and she did it for pleasure as well as the added bonus of money, i.e. some people said that Maggie would have been doing it anyway even if she didn't need the money. Her husband came back from one of his many fishing trips and found out about her activity basically wasn't happy about it obviously big scandal at that time she was not the usual woman of the time as well she was loud and she was bold she didn't stay in her place 
she declared that no man would tame her, not even her husband, when they were married. Apparently, she had high sexual interest and would seek the company of men when her husband was off at sea for pleasure as well as money. So, like we said already, a lot of rumours going about about wee Maggie that she's maybe not a good girl for the time. At the end of the day, back then, it was a bit like women were seen, they were not heard, they were spoken when spoken to. The same kind of dilemma that you hear, like, children of that time as well. So she's an outspoken, independent woman ahead of her time. This results in rumours, for one. So her husband's not happy with these rumours. He deserted her at this time. So this was around about 1723. Some reports say way different timelines, but because it was the 18th century, there's not a huge amount of information and specific dates about these things. So some things that you see online, if you go to have a look at this yourself and maybe want to dive in a bit more, you'll see that the dates might be a bit different from what I'm saying here. But I'm just going from like one article that I've seen online. Others are labelled at different dates. Just a heads up there. So, husband goes to join the Navy. She left her two children with friends and went on a journey down to Newcastle to find him. On the way down here, it is said that she nearly died of weather conditions because it was obviously like freezing. Scotland is freezing all the time, but... At this particular time, it must have been winter time, and it says that the journey down there would have been really treacherous for her. En route to Newcastle, it is said that she would stop at Kelso. Now, this is kind of where the story splits a little bit. So, some stories say that the events happened in Newcastle. Others say Kelso, which is in the borders of Scotland, and some even say in Musselburgh that this story, and she never left to find her husband at all. But either way, one story goes that she started working for an inn as a barmaid slash like domestic cleaning, that kind of thing, and got really close to the young handsome son, William, eh, who was the innkeeper's son. They had an affair which... He was not interested in acknowledging, interested, sorry, in acknowledging because she was married and it would like bring scandal onto him and his family. So basically he just like uses Maggie, gets his rocks off and then doesn't even want to admit that they've done it. But the story goes that she did become pregnant to him. She managed to conceal the pregnancy while working at the inn and in the dead of night she gave birth to a son. Not wanting to create a scandal for William, it said that she hid the premature baby under the cot until it passed away. Now, some stories say that she hid the baby under the cot until it just died naturally, or unnaturally, because obviously a baby is not meant to just be left and die. And some say that it was born dead, therefore she was just hiding the body until she could leave with it and do whatever she was going to do with it without creating a scandal for herself and William as the baby was already dead. Either way, she did take the baby down towards the river's edge with the thought of throwing the baby into the water so that the body wouldn't be discovered. But it's thought that she couldn't carry out this act. Sorry, my computer just made a big noise. 
it was thought that she couldn't carry this out. It was too much for her, so she just lay the baby down at the water's edge. Then a fisherman found the body of the baby and reported it to the authorities. In a small town setting, even if she was in Kelso, which would have been a lot smaller than Musselburgh at the time, and even Newcastle as well, it's not it's not the big city that it is today. Gossip would have been rife with this new woman that's came from Scotland or came from Musselburgh, um, or even the rumours that were in Musselburgh. So no, regardless of which three towns that she was in at the time, gossip would have been rife. And the blame for the dead baby soon lay at Maggie's door, as obviously the rumours were already going around about Maggie. She wasn't well thought of in any of the communities. She was examined by a surgeon and deemed that it looked as though she had given birth recently. He also did an experiment on the lungs of the baby and found that they floated, so therefore reasoned that the child must have taken a breath before they died. She was sent to Edinburgh to be sentenced for the murder of her child, not actually knowing if it was indeed her child or not, or if the child had been alive or not, as they couldn't prove any of it with evidence. There was no such thing as DNA back then. It was a lot of the time based on what everyone else was saying. Hearsay. She received the sentence of death by hanging and she was then brought to the gallows. When she was at the gallows, she insisted that she was not guilty and it doesn't matter for Maggie. She was hung and the alleged date of this was 1724. And our story doesn't end there at all. When she was cut down, her body was given over to her friends and her father who put her in a coffin to be transported to Musselburgh for the burial. Now, if you don't know, Musselburgh and Edinburgh are quite close to each other, but back then it would have been a journey as it would have been horse and cart, so it would have taken a long time to do that journey by horse and cart, even though today you can do um, Musselburgh to city centre Edinburgh in about probably 20 minutes in your car depending on traffic really it's not a lot and distance wise it's not it's not a lot at all you can google that yourself but mainly traffic is your issue there they're on this journey um, there's men in charge of her body transporting it to and from Musselburgh to no sorry Edinburgh to Musselburgh and they stopped for a rest at a local paper mill. They then heard noises coming from the coffin. They heard banging and they saw the lid of the coffin rise. This freaked them out. They went over to the coffin lid and opened it and got such a fright when Maggie, who was inside, sat bolt upright, giving them the fear and they bolted. The guys that were in charge of this, they absolutely bolted. A local man who was said to be a gardener saw the ordeal and then tested the vein and like tested her vein for blood flow to make sure that she was basically not a zombie or that she was actually alive. Obviously when he pricked her vein, blood came out, therefore he reasoned that she was alive. Happy days for Maggie. She had not died as a result of the hanging, obviously. She then went home to Musselburgh 
and by Scott's law, they found that since she had died, and basically that meant that she deserved the punishment for her crime. Her marriage would have also been absolved because in the eyes of the law, she was legally dead. Like, Maggie had died. This was, like, new Maggie, Maggie 2.0. Her husband, being a really good man, remarried her, and they went on to have another son. She lived for another 25 years. But the stigma did follow her of her previous crimes, if you believe it, and that's where the nickname of Half Hang It Maggie came from. And that's it. It's just a nice little short one today. I think it's funny to, or it's amusing to read these little stories of back in the day when things were a lot different. I mean, these days, if a baby was found on the side of the river, it would have been a scandal. Obviously, it was a scandal back then as well, but it would be like every media would be reporting it. There would have to be DNA taken. You could easily prove who that child belonged to if you had an inkling of any sort of who the mother could be or who the father could be because obviously you can DNA test it but back then it was literally just gossip so if you can think about any time that someone's maybe said something untrue or false against you can you imagine being back then when basically it would have been taken as gospel because oh well half of the town's talking about what she did the other night so must be true because there's no other way of proving or denying it so Maggie whether you choose to believe that the story is real and she was um, guilty of her crime or whether you choose to believe that there's just not enough evidence to say that it definitely was her child because she may have been convicted and hanged for what she allegedly done, but at the end of the day, we all know that there wasn't enough evidence to prove it, so it literally could have been anyone. Unfortunately for Maggie, she was the the prime suspect in it because of her history and allegedly also being a prostitute because, again, because it's so long ago, you literally cannot prove these things. You cannot prove that any of this even happened to be fair we have our history records but that's about it so yeah it's just a fun one it's just a I mean it's not fun of course it's not fun a baby died and that's just absolutely horrendous and that's not fun at all obviously whether it was malicious or whether it was by natural causes it's it's very sad but it's just a it's a choose what you wish to believe with this story. I recommend you do a wee Google search on it because it was interesting to read about Maggie's life and come up with your own story through all the different stories about half hang and Maggie. Yeah, so I hope you enjoyed this one and please tune in to the next one. I'll see you later. Bye guys. Oh, also as well guys, if you do find out anything more about Maggie or any other episodes, head over to Instagram, Lawless Scotland, all one word, and please comment on the episode pictures. Um, I always try and find really cool pictures for you guys so you can have a look at them as well. So comment down on them and let me know if you find anything because I'd be super interested to hear it. So yeah, now that's definitely us now. Okay, cool. Bye guys. <coughs>